Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the latest Awards Radar podcast, broadcasting live from the multiverse. We're all from different universes. Uh, We've got Miles from the universe where uh, Saw won Best Picture. Man, what a beautiful universe that is, slash would be. Uh, If I recall, also, Eraserhead never got made, right? Yeah, and the world was better for it. Uh, We've actually solved uh, climate change in this universe. Who's the president? Uh, Tim Allen. We all just kind of deal with it. It's kind of like like the American monarchy. He doesn't actually do anything. He seems more cuddly and less evil. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why I said Tim Allen. uh, That's literally the first name that popped into my head. I mean, so bad for my fellow Americans. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, but hey, I can deal it. And uh, Steve is recording from the uh, universe where you don't need sleep to function. Oh, that that works out then. Yeah. What a coincidence. One can dream, right? And uh, I'm recording from the universe where I've seen No Way Home, but can't talk to either of these guys about it because they haven't seen it. But we'll we'll get into some non-spoilery talk. Um, same with uh, The Matrix Resurrections, which I saw right before we recorded, and... Uh, technically is embargoed until some point where you're listening to this so i'll hypothetically talk about it let's say and we'll uh, go over some precursors so it'll be uh quick and dirty just like we like it first up ryan mcdermott has a question um we have two uh spielberg from hawk face-offs we're gonna do one of them this week and one of them next week uh he's labeled one fun spielberg and less fun spielberg which one do you want to do first fun spielberg Yes. All right, I'm surprised we'll we haven't one. done a Spielberg one before. Oh, wait, we just talked so much about him last week. Um, all right. Speed run, and maybe we'll do both. We'll see how fast we go. All right. Jaws or Jurassic Park? Uh, Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favorite movies, and I've always kind of found Jaws to be overrated. Hmm. I actually have the exact same opinion. So <laughs> I'm going to go Jaws. Um, I've always loved Jurassic Park, but the last time I watched it, I thought, uh, you know, it holds up, but not as well as Jaws. I think Jaws is good uh, beginning to end film. Fair. Uh, E.T. or Close Encounters? Um, They're pretty close for me. I'd probably go Close Encounters. I think that story is overall a bit more interesting, whereas E.T. is more memorable for various moments. Steve? Mm, I'll agree. Yeah, um, yeah. I, <clears throat> these aren't either of my favorites of his, but uh, E.T. was kind of lost on me as a kid. It never blew me away like it was supposed to, so Close Encounters, they're both good. They just don't, like, you know, hit me in the in the heart. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade? Last Crusade. It's my favorite Indiana Jones film, no question. Uh, I second that. I stand by that, too. That is the best. It's not just my favorite. It's the best close i think i I think i go og with raiders but yeah it's definitely like the third one is heads and tails above the second one oh yeah that we i think we can all agree on sure um to the point where i don't actually think it's on either of these lists um catch me if you can or tintin i'm gonna get some flack for this but i love tintin catch me if you can is great Mm -hmm. it was never one of my favorites the way i know it is with some people um but yeah tintin is just I know it's not for everybody, but I, I go back to it regularly, and I have a blast with it. Hmm. Also, Catch Me If You Can Christmas movie? I could see an argument they for have that. Their, like, they have their annual Christmas call, right? Also, I think I'm there's just really so trying many to movies avoid that having are the... Christmas movies now that I feel like the identification is sort of meaningless. Just whatever you want to watch around Christmas is probably fine. Yeah, I'm just trying to avoid having to watch like A Christmas Story and Elf. Sure. A Christmas Story is great, though. Eh. And Elf is great. I, I watched well, it last any of, night, and I every year I crack up, and every year I get emotional. I mean, I guess Elf I could deal with, but like a Christmas Story, a Christmas Carol, it's a Wonderful Life. Like I, they never did anything for me. Oh, I can't do it. So it's a Wonderful I'm, Life. It's so schmaltzy. I can't. No. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm. I'm much more like because this is my first like actual doing a Christmas thing, really. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm not. Well, honestly, any Shane Black movie would probably fit. 
Iron Man 3 is All right, a Predators movie. it is. Yeah. Uh, this is true. Um, uh, catch me if you can, by the way, over Tintin. Um, where I'm on record saying it wasn't for me. Steve? Uh, catch me if you can is good. Tintin is not. So catch me if you can. There you go. Uh, he says, yes, I know, in parentheses, to Poltergeist or the Goonies, you know, produced Spielberg. Sure. Um, so, hopefully my wife doesn't hear this because the Goonies is her favorite movie of all time, but I, I personally like Poltergeist better. Yeah, same. I, I don't love the Goonies. I saw it, like, honestly, I saw it for the first time at Draft House, and it was fine i think if you didn't see it as a kid you're, you're like really you yeah it was uh, she showed it to me and it was a little bit lost on me i think it's g- good but poltergeist is like a grade a haunted house movie yeah, yeah. unless he meant the remake which is not oh, good no it's no. not good at all yeah you know it's amazing with spielberg is when you look back at these films and you know we're going four decades five decades ago close to it no yeah f- almost five decades and there's so many of these films that just hold up jaws poltergeist even though the effects you watch it now and like it doesn't you know the effects don't really hold up in a compared to you know today's uh quality but it doesn't matter it is still scarier than most almost every haunted house film i've ever seen um it's still it still works in so many different levels and same with jaws and same with uh you know a lot a lot of his stuff he made great films and it doesn't matter his name can be peeled off and removed and it could be a non-film lover and they will love these things. And that's what's yeah. great about his work. Totally. Um, side note, I realized what he meant. These are like the fun movies and the other list is the like serious movies. It wasn't like quality wise. Um, so yeah, so I'm on, I'm on Poltergeist also. So here, um, Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan? Just to prove that point. Uh, I go Saving Private Ryan. I think it's legitimately great. Schindler's List is also great, but it's less rewatchable. Yeah. Yeah. Steve? Um, I've always thought uh, Private Ryan was overrated. The first 30 minutes are great, and then I I just think it calls falls into this pattern of let me tell you my sad story, and then the next one, and the next one, and it's just, I don't know, never worked for me. Um... Schindler's List, though, is uh, is a tough watch. You know, it, it, it hits you, and it hits you hard. I won't rewatch it, but uh, it's a great film, so I'll go with Schindler's, Schindler's List. Yeah, they're both great. I will go Saving Private Ryan, though. I, I'm more forgiving of the next, like, two hours and change, but, yeah, I, I would also argue that if you were going to pick, like, 30 minutes of cinema to, like, hold up as the, like, single greatest half hour, it might be that. The Omaha Landing. Yeah, I do. I do uh, have to watch it again. It's been quite a while, but I'm just it, that's the thing, though. Up. It's it's I mean, thirty minutes of of excellence, and then you go, all right, where's the rest of it? I almost I almost feel like in a way, maybe this wouldn't work. This is just me spitballing right now. You watch that scene, and once they transition, like once you get that like shot of the uh, the water red on the beach from all the blood, and then they're gonna transition to like Hanks finding out who's around and like getting reassigned and all that. Like, you take a pause and, like, go eat lunch and then come back and watch it so you're not still in that high of, yeah, but, oh, my God, that was amazing. What's it come next? Instead, you just go, okay, I, now I'm sitting down for the movie proper. But but I think that's the a, flaw is he should have done that through film and he didn't do that. And, you know, people who love it I mean, love I, it. I don't and have a lot that of people problem. Who, have the, who have the same yeah. problem as I do, you know, they it echoes, echo just what I said. That's fair. Just a thought. Uh, the Color Purple or Empire of the Sun? Um, I think the color purple is fine for what it is. Um, Empire of the Sun is actually low-key one of my favorites of Spielberg, especially the earlier era. Um, and I love sort of the 12-year-old Christian Bale performance. So, yeah, I'll go Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Whatever happened to that kid? He might have been going places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a soft spot See? for Empire of the Sun. I That's one of my favorite Spielbergs that... You know, there are some flaws, and you look back at it, it's not one that holds up perfectly as in, in, in quality, but, uh, yeah, there's something about it. And every time I hear that song, they sing the choir song. It's like, mm. it gives me chills. These these are actually two of my least watched Spielbergs. I probably have only seen them each once. I, I guess Color Purple, but I they're both way overdue for a revisit. Like, I feel like the only one I've... Like, these two and probably always are the ones I've only seen once. 
Yeah, so they're, they're due. Oh, jeez. Forgot about Always. Always is not one of the best ones. Yeah. Um, AI or Minority Report? I really wish these were split, not up against each other. But Yeah, I was about be. to say, this is a bit of an unfair <laughs> uh, comparison. Uh, Minority Report is easily in my top three Spielbergs of all time, and uh, AI is fine. So, yeah, Minority Report all the way. Well, AI has a lot going for it. Uh, uh, Minority Report pulls it off, but AI has uh, a lot of pieces. I just think as a whole, it's, you know, there's some... Uh, lesser uh what's the word i'm looking for edit this out less successful Hmm. uh stretches in it but minority report beginning to end is just a fun ride and it's so inventive Um, too it's like you look at that now and you're like you know we're still people still talk about and you know this is going to be like minority report it's one of those films that we're always going to be trying to copy the technology yeah I, I I definitely agree that Minority Report is the better movie, but I think I go AI just because it's it's easily the biggest swing he's ever taken, and for all the like it reaches so close to greatness, I I respect it, and I just love the thought exercise of what if Steven Spielberg made a Stanley Kubrick movie. Fair so enough. I think I go mm-hmm. that one. Like it's it's I have to rewatch it because I may I may you know not i haven't watched in a long time but i may not take to it like i did but even as a what is that movie 2001 it came out yeah that sounds right something like that so i saw it in high school and you know that was sort of me at my most pure just like i want to dive in the cinema but it's still being like a big you know hollywood movie and appreciating it so much i wonder if now old jaded me wouldn't like it as much but i I'm also still like a pushover for emotions. Maybe what? I'm just cur- I'm curious about that. It's essentially Pinocchio, uh, Bridge of Spies. Right? Pretty much. Sort of, yeah. I mean, it's 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 Stanley Kubrick's Pinocchio yeah. in a way. Um, uh, Bridge of Spies or The Post? Um, the Post I thought was totally serviceable. It's exactly what it's trying to be, and it's not anything special, but it it works. Uh, Bridge of Spies was actually a very pleasant surprise. I think the fact that it's written or co-written by the Coen brothers does come through in the writing, and it gives it a bit more cleverness than um, that kind of movie would normally be. I think Hanks is doing some really solid work, and I don't agree that Mark Rylance should have won the Oscar, but I do think he's very good at it. So uh, overall, I would definitely go Bridge of Spies. Yeah, the post always felt like a film that just wasn't, Maybe this is what they're going for. It felt outdated as I'm watching it. It's felt like something from the past, but not in a good way. Um, Bridge yeah. of Spies, yeah, I, I agree, surprised me. And it worked. I was I was uh, really engaged the whole way through. Where the post, I'm just like, eh, I've kind of felt like I've seen this before and didn't really care. Mm. I enjoyed the post more for some reason. Like, I, I think I just was in the mood for that, like, Oh, it's a just solid journalism drama. You know, did he have to make it? No. But uh, I, I think I like it a little more than you guys. I don't mind Bridge of Spies. I think it's, it is it is more clever. I, the story didn't do as much for me, but I do love the two recurring things of Tom Hanks has a cold in the movie. as just yeah, like a weird so touch. And uh, which I, I wish more movies did that. And, uh, and, uh, Mark Rylance is recurring, like, would it help? You know, you don't seem nervous. Would it help? Like, mm-hmm. every time that comes up, I got to chuckle out of that. But those are smaller moments in a movie that, like, they're very similar to me. They're both, like, rock solid, like, oh, Spielberg, great. Um, but not, like, maybe grabbing you by the heart. Uh, speaking of, uh, we wrap up on The Lost World or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Oof. Um, I mean, I've been on record on this podcast that I think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a big, ugly dumpster fire. And, you know, Mm. Shia LaBeouf swinging through the vines with the monkeys is one of the absolute low points in all of cinema. Um, (laughs) It also doesn't look good is the thing. It looks looks terrible at the time. And obviously it hasn't aged well. Um, Which is funny because they probably had all the money. No, I know. It's baffling that parts of that movie look as bad as they do. Um, Yeah, I just it's not like. It's not the worst movie ever made, but it's not a good movie, and it's definitely not a good Indiana Jones movie. Um, the Lost World I've always had a soft spot for. 
Um, it's nowhere near the original Jurassic Park, but it's got some good moments in it. And it's back when some of the dinosaurs were still being done practically. And I don't know. Jeff Goldblum mm. is good. Julianne Moore, Vince Vaughn. Mm. Yeah, I, it's not amazing. But given the options, I would definitely go Lost World. Side note, that was the first movie I saw twice in a movie theater was Lost World. Well, there you go. So I'll go, I'm actually going to go Lost World also. Yeah. Uh, Steve? Lost World is a standard sequel. You know, it's uh, flaws and all, but it's a watchable sequel. Uh, Crystal Skull is not. I've gone back to that three times, and every time I cannot believe what they put on screen. So Lost World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, gently swing into the multiverse. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Audiences are seeing the film at the moment. Only I have seen it, I believe. Steve, you haven't seen it yet. I right? have not. And I'm removing my headphones at this moment. All right. Uh, Miles is going this weekend, I believe. Friday afternoon. There we yeah, go. I'm going and we, we spoke a little bit about it off. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll stay very vague because I want to get into the stuff we can't talk about, but we have to wait a couple weeks. I They were very, very insistent on preserving the experience. And I already see people who get out of the movie are talking about it in a way I wish they wouldn't, but I'll give broad strokes. Um, I thought it was very good. I think it's um, upper tier Marvel. Maybe not as great as Homecoming for me because I love Homecoming. That still might be my favorite of the movies, but it's it's as good or better than Far From Home. And uh, there's a lot in it and they juggle it very well. I think that's the, the thing that... Um, is most impressive. Like this should be a mess. There's too much going on. And it's, you know, the idea of the multiverse is the least Spider-Man-y concept, but it, it works and it works way better than it should. Characters who, you know, could have been like tossed off as, as minor or given a lot of time to shine. It's, it is, it is impressive. I mean, the, the end fight that, you know, and Marvel always builds to is, not the world's best thing in the world but there's a little more emotion to it than normal i think without the emotional stakes it would be you know similar to your normal like oh a cgi thing happening in the third act that i don't care about but they they find a, a thing that they can do there i'm being very vague on purpose but i i enjoyed it i am i am eager to talk about it more i want to not talk about it much now just because i don't want to accidentally trip over anything and i'd rather be fresher when we do it you know hopefully next week but um anyone who is waiting to hear from us if we should if they should see it definitely my reviews on the site is very spoiler free um others are not so tread lightly miles um learned that the hard way it seems yeah uh whatever you do do not read the variety review for this film because they have no chill when it comes to spoilers yeah it's you know what the here's the thing like if you're variety or the hollywood reporter or i guess deadline at this point like those you probably can do what you want like what is sony gonna do not screen for variety it hurts them more than it hurts variety but it's so not in keeping with the spirit of what everyone else is doing like sure you may get some more viewers uh you know listeners readers viewers whatever the format that they're taking it in is um but i feel like it's just it hurts the brand in a way well, what's, um, somebody crazy, asked me what's crazy is that uh, it's not even the first time they've done it for a major Marvel movie. Like, I think I can't remember which one exactly. Maybe it was Endgame. Didn't or they something also like that. didn't one of their didn't one of their people also spoil the the Eternals? Yes. Cameo? Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they, exactly. Very, very. That the night of the screenings, they went out and announced it in the middle of a tweet without any warning, without any no nuance. Yeah, just no apropos subtlety, of nothing. Just, boom. Here you go. I'm like, I don't because. Here's, so we can we can tie this into a bigger point because I somebody asked me this once, and it was it was oddly hard to explain. They're like, so what happens if you break an embargo? And I'm like, well, you just don't do it. But like, well, what happens? Like, are you, do they sue you? I'm like, no, no, no one's suing you. Though I mean, if you sign an NDA, I mean, I guess technically you're liable. But it's the idea of there's an agreement here. You you know you you're, you're being shown the film, so you are seeing it on their terms. So you lose access and you, and honestly, I feel like you lose reputation. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the guy who spoils things. Who? Like, who wrote the Variety article? I don't know. I didn't read it. Yeah. I, I'd I like to know off the top of my head, but I wonder if it's yeah. the same guy who, because did it was, but it's, I don't, it's I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'll look it up. 
the justification in the review was just like, well, they've asked us not to spoil things, but it's an important part of the movie, and I feel like it needs to be discussed. So here we go. You can discuss it later. I mean, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, can, like, you can do a spoiler review after the fact and get into stuff like yeah. that. Like, Slash Film does very good uh, spoiler reviews sort of after the fact where they dig into all the stuff you're not supposed to talk about. Like, there's a time and place for that. But I feel like just wantonly disregarding this kind of thing just because you feel yeah. like you know Peter, better, Or you just don't care that, like, other people care about it. It's just wildly unprofessional, I think. Well, to Peter, me, I think it's, that's where you – at that point, you've wondered, did you forget why you're doing this? You know, it's like, yeah. who is this for? I mean, they put a spoiler warning on this on this uh, review. But I actually, I believe, um, had heard that it wasn't up initially with a spoiler warning until people were like, wait, what, what the hell? Because, yeah, I, I'm scrolling through it now. And, yeah, yeah, um, they, they don't spoil everything. But they spoil but something that you this would review. not want to know going in. That now I, I know mean, going yeah. in, which sucks. Okay, I'm. I'm and I'm here's the thing that I want to, just in case any words slip. I'm not. I'm not going to say it, but it, no, 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 no. You don't. Well, don't read the review. Don't read the review. And uh, and yeah, I will just say that the things you think are going to happen may not happen. Just going and know that, like the 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 bright ideas that people have about what is and is in the film, it's not quite that. So I think even if you read this review, which you shouldn't you will still be there will still be surprises so that is that is good um i want to do this more next week or the week after once we have the ability to talk about more spoilery things and we'll put a spoiler warning on that one but we're going to come back to spider-man later because uh we're going to make our uh oscar recalibration the year that spider-man 2 competed at the oscars and was if you recall thought of as a potential like could this be a best picture nominee it didn't happen ultimately, but it was spoken of. I think Richard Roper was even one of the like people who was sort of saying, "Well, uh, yeah, this should famously." This should um, I remember reading in the newspaper at the time, uh, Roger Ebert in his he sort of did his uh, "Who will win? Who should win? Who should have been nominated?" And he yeah. made a point of saying Alfred Molina should have been nominated for best supporting actor. Yeah, he definitely should have. I agree. Um, I will also uh, say, like I said, we are recording this after I've seen matrix revolutions technically resurrections the embargo resurrections oh Revol- after I mean, resolution whatever i mean Ke- wow goddamn keanu reeves made that same mistake so that's fair i am safe <coughs> he uh he was like it's very early it's very late here so either way but they uh the embargo i believe is in the evening tomorrow which is when you guys will be listening to this but uh in case it's in the morning i don't want to uh get specific but let's just say if I was able to talk about the film, I would say that it is a Matrix sequel. And you can detail that as you will. Uh, the review goes up next week. My tweet will be up later on in the day. Um, yeah, I think I think the way to put this is have proper expectations. I think, uh, I think the fact that a lot of people forgot this movie existed until a couple months ago is is possibly a better way to go as opposed to what spider-man is dealing with which is the weight of a year and change worth of expectations um but more on that soon because i also believe not next week but the podcast after everyone will have seen it so we will come back to that one and then obviously do a uh oscar recalibration of the year the matrix won like five oscars or something like that though i think uh, miles is more interested in that movie than spider-man I am a little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for yeah. both, and I get to see them both sort of probably within a week of when you hear this. So I'll be very so happy boy go. next week. There you oh, go. Hopefully. Possibly. Or yeah, a yeah. very miserable boy. We'll have to see. There you go. Uh, I'm excited uh, for wait, both. Host I, I, I'm uh, more Spider-Man just because the Matrix, they've already had two extra swings and both were uh, were strikes. But I think they can at least get a you know a, a good solid bunt single here. I'll take it. I, I would say, I would, as someone who thought number two was fine and number three was massively disappointing, um, uh, let's just say number three is the worst Matrix movie. That's fair. That tells you absolutely nothing, but at least probably says a little something. Um, we will come back to that, though, when I won't get in trouble, even though I, I'm sure we'd be fine if we talked about it. But this is like what we're talking about spoilers. I'm just going to 
be a good boy and follow the rules. But quickly, before we get into the precursors that happened, because we are an awards podcast, uh, the Kingsman embargo did lift, and uh, I hated that movie. And I love the first two Kingsman movies. That's a real shame. What do you think about those? What, what, what do you think of the first two? I love uh, the first one. That was a very pleasant surprise yeah. for me. Um, I got to see it at an early screening, and I was kind of like blown away at some of the stuff they get away with, especially like blowing up Obama's head in the climax and stuff like that. And, and a sh- straight up anal joke. Yep. Well, not my favorite part of the movie, but I'm sure it was. No, but like in terms of like getting away with things, it's like, oh, that's. No, they, I mean, they, they definitely pushed the envelope in ways that I was not expecting. So that, yeah, the first one was yeah. a very pleasant surprise. And I still think um, the Colin Firth action scene in the church is like one of the best action scenes of the I last agree. 10 years. Yes. Um, the second one I thought was a massive step down. Um, it still had some of the charming moments and the cast is still good, but the plot was just nonsense. The new villains weren't very good. There's too many characters with not enough to do. It was just very messy and very disappointing. So I've had my expectations firmly in check for this new one. Yeah, it did not It did very little for me. I, the action's fine, but one, I... I I not caring about any of the characters is an issue and oddly setting it within like real world events just took a lot of the fun away and it became this sort of like dour exercise to eventually tell you how a secret society was formed and I don't care like you know by at a certain point you're watching because you like Eggsy and Harry and uh like Ray Fiennes and Harris they consider fine actors didn't give a shit about the characters so uh, that was a big letdown for me uh, I think Steve liked it a little more than I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I enjoyed it more. I agree with the things you're saying. I think the issue is you, you're going to go into this expecting, you know, the Kingsman. And there it's a new direction. They're they're purposely changing the tone. They're purposely going more. Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't say more realistic, but more, uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's just like a darker, more serious tone. Yeah, it's not realistic or grounded. It's just less taking the piss out of things. Yeah, exactly. You know, with the first one, you you didn't know what to expect. Here, it's like half the time, it's it feels like a completely different movie. And then there's elements of it, you know, moments that... that and they know, don't okay, mix well. It's still, yeah, and exactly, they don't mix well. I did enjoy those moments, though. So I, that's why I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I like didn't the, like, like the it as a whole. Sequence. I liked it in parts. Yeah, the Rasputin sequence is oh, fun, where he's, fun, where he wants to fuck Ray Fiennes, but it's not good, is the problem, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's a yeah, it's a great I, extended trailer, like all the all the great parts. Sure, it, it, you know, I, I want to watch another one. It's uh, if there's a like fun Kingsman movie with these get with these characters, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, or you know, a more traditional Kingsman three, but whatever. Um, Hey guys, the Golden Globes still exist. I heard. Oh yeah, who knew? And what? And wasn't it kind of fun that everyone went like, "All right," and moved right on with their day, as opposed to pretending they were important, um, even though like their nominees weren't like terrible by any stretch. Um, I just I like that we're in an era where they mean nothing, but they're just another thing, and that's that's really what they should be. Um, but let's let's talk about the nominees because it's a notable thing. Uh, their Best Picture Drama nominees were Belfast, Coda, Dune, King Richard, and The Power of the Dog. No huge surprises, but totally fine. Uh, musical or comedy, Cyrano, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story. Like, no no like outright, you know, salmon fishing in the Emmons there or anything like that. Um, you know, give or take how you feel about Don't Look Up. I know that one's sort of the divisive one of the ten. Uh, actress in a drama, Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Order, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. Five of the presumed Oscar nominees, you know, or contenders. Actor in a drama, Mahershala Ali for Swan Song. There's the first, like, curveball. Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, a little bit of a curveball. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel, Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, Actress in a comedy is probably the one that has the least Oscar crossover. And that is uh, Marion Cotillard at Net. So, you know, they saw Annette. Alana Haim, Licorice Pizza, Jennifer Lawrence, Don't Look Up. Emma Stone for Cruella. That was sort of their curveball, though I know Steve is probably happy with that. And Rachel Zegler, West Side Story. Yeah, Marion Cotillard and Annette is possibly the most demented one 
of their nominees, especially because she has nothing to do in that movie compared to Adam Driver. Um, yeah, or, or th- that's Simon a very Hubbard, or... that's a very we need a fifth person nominee. Yeah, not 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 their best nominee, but considering what they've done in the past, and they do like actor stars, you know, who knows? Um, I mean, there's also the calculus, and I'll read the rest of them in a second. That they want to try to get a few people to come, so you pick a person who's not at any other events. So maybe you have a better crack at Marion Cotillard than trying to get like. Because it's the same night as the Critics' Choice Awards, like if you just nominate the same people. It's just a conspiracy theory thought on my end. Uh, actor in a comedy or musical. Leonardo DiCaprio, Don't Look Up. Peter Dinklage, Cyrano. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Cooper Hoffman, Licorice Pizza. That was a slight surprise. And Anthony Ramos in The Heights, sort of a bigger surprise. Yeah, I'm glad Ramos got some sort of um, uh, acknowledgement this season. It's possibly the only one he'll get, but it's something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, supporting actress uh, Katrina Balf, Belfast, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Kirsten Dunn's Power of the Dog, Anjanou Ellis, King Richard, Ruth Nega Passing. Supporting actor Ben Affleck, The Tender Bar, Jamie Dorn in Belfast, Stephen Hines, Belfast, Troy Kotsar, Coda, love that nomination, and Cody Smith McPhee, Power of the Dog. Uh, director had one of their curveballs also because they had Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, Maggie Gyllenhaal, The Lost Daughter. Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Denny Villeneuve, Dune. Yeah, that that Gyllenhaal nomination was uh, interesting. Not what I was expecting. Screenplay was Paul Thomas Anderson, Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, Adam McKay, Don't Look Up, Aaron Sorkin being the Ricardos. Nothing crazy there. Animated, they uh, snubbed Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yeah, Encanto Flea. Yeah, that's 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 a real misstep. Yeah, Encanto Flea, Luca, my sonny made Ray and the Last Dragon. I mean, listen, there's a stat that you've never, that nothing's ever won without being nominated here, but they so don't matter this year. So I don't know if that matters. Uh, non English language picture was also interesting. Compartment number six: Drive My Car, Hand of God, A Hero, Parallel Mothers. No Tatan, no worst person in the world. Score was uh, Despla for the French Dispatch, Jermaine Franco and Canto, Johnny Greenwood, Power of the Dog, Alberto Iglesias, Parallel Mothers, Hans Zimmer, Dune. And song was Be Alive from King Richard. Um, I'm going to butcher this name from Encanto. Steve, do you know the song? I, I don't know. The, Dos, yeah, I, I don't know. Dos Oro Guitas. Uh, I'm... I also am not super fond of the movie, but yeah, one of the songs from Encanto, Down the Joy from Belfast, Here I Am, Singing My Way Home from Respect, and No Time to Die from No Time to Die. So apologies to the Encanto people. I am uh, extraordinarily white, and I apologize for it. Um, Yeah, these are not like terrible nominees. They're nothing to go crazy over, but they're, you know, they're as good as you would expect from them and probably better, if we're being honest. Yeah, if anything, it felt like they were playing it mostly safe this year. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy with Critics' Choice because Golden Globes played it kind of safe and and they diversified as best they could. And, and, you know, there's not a ton to complain about. Uh, My organization definitely went even more so down the middle. And that was a bit of a shame. Um, Very few of my nominations came true, but some did. Let's let's talk about those before we uh, wrap up with the game. Um, their best picture, they do 10 and then they do, I believe six in each category. Um, I vote, I voted for five in picture and then three in every other category. So, um, you can probably guess what I voted for in some places. I don't, some people publish their ballot. I don't like to just cause a lot of studios and people like, you know, campaign and, and I feel like your ballot's secret. Like they don't need to know whether they were successful or not yeah. campaigning for your vote. It just, it seems weird. Like, if somebody wants to know a specific thing, I'm happy to talk about like one category, but I, I, I'm a little weird about publishing my whole ballot. But anyway, best picture was Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, which I feel like recency bias helped because it was probably the last thing a lot of people saw, Power the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story. It, it just feels like they took 10 of the top 12 like best picture nominees and, and put it in there. Um, very bland comparative to what was possible. Hey, I like but, I like Coda showing up. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm thrilled with Coda. Like, don't look up is clearly going to do better than I think people initially thought. 
Like, there's nothing... There's no, like, big complaints to make beyond the, like, ugh, you know, Red Rocket and the worst person in the world and Spencer, like, they're right there. Mass, all those things. But, alas. Best actor, Nicolas Cage, Pig. Nice. Yeah. Which, by the way, was on my ballot. I will reveal that. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Peter Dinkard, Cyrano, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel, The pa- the Tragedy of Macbeth. Big Bath. I almost said The Power of the Dog. Very different movie if he's in it. Um, best Actress, Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. She's fully going to get everything except the nomination, right? It's just she's going to be one of those who has all the precursors. Uh, Which, maybe. I mean, I don't see any seems... reason why she wouldn't get in at this point. Maybe. I got to I gotta recalibrate a little bit. I'm going to update predictions probably tomorrow. Olivia Coleman, The Lost Order, also getting in everywhere. Lady Gaga, or Lady Gaga, as I like to say, for House of Gucci, which... That's a separate conversation. Yeah. Um, that's that's a little bit of we hope you come to the show. Uh, Alana Haim, Licorice Pizza, made my ballot, so I was happy with that. Um, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart Spencer, who, you know, her march toward Oscar continues, hopefully. Supporting actor Jamie Dornan, Belfast. Siren Hines, Bel- uh, Belfast. Troy Coates, our coder. I think he might be getting nominated if this keeps up. Well, and actually, looking at the precursors, lovely. I think everyone assumed that Marley Matlin would be the easy uh, acting nominee from that film. But Troy Kotzer is showing up ev- almost everywhere. Well, I think he's a much safer bet at this point. He has the better scenes. Yes. Oh, I, you know, I, Marley I, Matlin I has sure. good scenes, but well, that's that's you know. that's what I like about it is out of the act, the supporting actors, he is absolutely the one that deserves to be there. But I think the the early thinking was that because she's a previous winner and she's just a bigger name that she would get in by default. So I'm glad to see that. that exactly. It didn't play out that and way. She's, and she's excellent in the movie. Yeah, she, but, oh, totally. You know, but but his, are like if you were going to show... deserves to be there. Yeah. His, his oh, yeah. performance there were two in that role, gonna... what he's given to do is amazing and he nails it. And it's the also emotional funny. core he's of the hilarious in that movie. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's hard he's the funniest that. character in the movie. And he has the big, the you know, he's in both of the most emotional scenes. Yeah. You know, obviously when, when she's singing and, and the movie takes the audio away so you are, you hear, you hear or don't hear as the parents hear, that's, that's incredibly emotional. But then later when he puts her hands to his neck, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, once, that's, when, that's when, the scene that ripped me apart. That's still probably like the most emotional scene of the year. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say right now, that's, that's a I mean, scene that's, the Oscar that's, clip. that's giving me the chills as you speak, which says something because, Joe, you've never given me the chills before, yeah. but uh, just now you wow. did. So that's that says something about that scene, and that's why he's nominated. Yeah, and we were talking about him because the next nominee was Jared Leto for House of Gucci. God damn, I hate this <sighs> so much. I hate how inevitable yeah. this feels. Weird, no chills. I mean, I hope it's the same thing as... Uh, I have as chills now things. for very different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe it's like the little things, and he does that everything but the Oscar. Uh, it's too close. Uh, other nominees, close. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos, good nomination. And Cody Smith-McPhee, Power of the Dog. Supporting actress, Katrina Belf- Belfast, Ariane DeBose, West Side Story... And Dowd Mass. I'm delighted that somebody remembered her because she should still be winning that damn Oscar. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, Anjanou Ellis, King Richard, Rita Moreno, West Side Story. Uh, young actor. I believe it has to be 21. So wait, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. What? So, there were two two West Side Stories in there? Yep. Okay. They went to Bose and Rita Moreno. Yeah. Oh. It's too much, but whatever. Um, so young actor, actress, as long as you're under 21. Jude Hill, Belfast, Cooper Hoffman, Licorice Pizza, Amelia Jones, Coda, hey. Woody Norman, Come On, Come On, Sianna nice. Sidney, King Richard, Rachel Zegler, West Side Story. It's a good lineup. Um, it's a good lineup. Um, it, they are missing. I know the movie's not as good as, as these other ones, and Miles doesn't like it, but McKenna Grace is still really good in that movie. Would have liked her to slip in. Because she would have been, I think, a, she would have been a two time nominee in that category. Nah. I think it would have been funny that she would have been a two-time nominee. I think that's a in young that's actor. An uphill battle there. Yeah, I tried. Uh, acting ensemble: Belfast, Don't Look Up, The Harder They Fall, slipped in there. Licorice Pizza, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Harder They Fall is a great ensemble, director. So it's it's yeah. one of the best I mean, ensembles we... of the year. And actually, I've seen a few precursors where if they have an ensemble category, that's like one of the only places it shows up, which feels right. Yeah, to me. I'm glad. 
I'm glad it was uh, remembered there. Uh, director, Paul Thomas Anderson, Lakers Pizza, Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare Alley, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Danny Villeneuve, Dune. Take one away, and that's probably your DGA5. Original screenplay, Paul Thomas Anderson, Liquor's Pizza, Zach Bailing, King Richard. I still don't understand that nomination, but that's fine. Kenneth Branagh, Belfast, Adam McKay and David Sirota for Don't Look Up, Aaron Sorkin being the Ricardos. Um, original's a good category this year, as a lot of things can happen. Adapted, where there is less to choose from, so, you know, we didn't really change the narrative, because it was uh, Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, Maggie Gyllenhaal, The Lost Order, C.N. Heater, Coda, Tony Kushner, West Side Story, John Spates, Denny Villeneuve, Eric Roth, Dune. That's uh, probably the Oscar five right now, I would assume, barring a, you know, curveball. Cinematography, Bruno Delbanal, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Greg Frazier, Dune, who, is being, who I'm interviewing on Friday. So if you have any questions about Dune, shoot them my way. Janusz Kaminski, West Side Story, Dan Lauston, Nightmare Alley. Our interview was already recorded. It's coming, um, I guess, next week. Probably when we'll put that up. Ari Wegner, The Power of the Dog, and Harris Zambarlocus, Belfast. I definitely didn't get that right. Uh, production design, Belfast, Nightmare Alley, French Dispatch, West Side Story, Dune. Yeah, seems about right. Editing, West Side Story, Belfast, interview with the Belfast editor on the site right now. Wonderful. Licorice Pizza, yeah, The Power of the Dog, and Dune. Our interview with Joe Walker is also up on our site and uh, YouTube. Uh, costume design, Cruella, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Dune, House of Gucci. Hair and makeup, Cruella, Dune, Tammy Faye, House of Gucci, Nightmare Alley. It's a lot more Gucci than uh, Miles is okay with. Mm. It, there's a lot more visual, than Zero, yes. Yeah, I like the Cruella. Uh, visual effects. Nice Cruella yep. uh, nominees. Uh, yeah, they, she did all right. Uh, visual effects, Dune, The Matrix Resurrections, which is funny because there were definitely not enough people who saw it in time to vote for that. So questions but also that that struck me as a they assumed it would be good enough to get in sight unseen yeah i can't i don't do that i refuse um so dune matrix nightmare alley no time to die shang chi best comedy barb and star go to vista del mar don't look up free guy the french dispatch licorice pizza i i am infuriated that red rocket was snubbed in so many of these categories uh animated feature encanto flea luca mitchell's versus the machines ray and the last dragon Foreign, a hero, drive my car, flee the hand of God, the worst person in the world. Again, Tatan, not nominated. Best song, Be Alive, King Richard, that same song from Encanto. Guns go bang, the harder they fall. Just look up from Don't Look Up, that is a really good song. And No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And finally, score, Nicholas Bertel, Don't Look Up. Our interview with him for Underground Railroads on the site. Johnny Greenwood, The Power of the Dog. Johnny Greenwood, Spencer. Nathan Johnson, Nightmare Alley, our interview with him coming next week. And Hans Zimmer, Dune, our interview with him is already on the site. Um, yeah, I, I, we played it a little safer than I would prefer with these nominations. No, like, major complaints besides, like, Gucci for Miles, but still. Well, I think I'm going to be... Yeah, that's going to be my narrative for most of the season, I expect. Yeah. I mean, here's the interesting thing. So... They were so down the middle. And then a day later, the Spirit Awards give seven nominations to Zola. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sure you're happy about that. Yeah, I mean, here, we'll we'll do those quickly before we go to the game. Uh, Best feature was Aikiara, Come On, Come On, The Lost Order, The Novice, and Zola. I assume The Lost Order is going to win that one. And I'm not going to be thrilled, but I'm the only one who doesn't like that movie, so it's fine. Um, Director... Uh, Janiza Bravo, Zola, Maggie Gyllenhaal, The Lost Order, Lauren Hathaway, The Novice. By the way, love that The Novice got so many nominations, as you'll see. Mike Mills, Come On, Come On, and uh, Nina Thyberg, Pleasure. Pleasure is also a phenomenal movie that um, I am eager for you guys to see, I guess, next year when when Neon finally puts it out. It is a, it is a movie I want to discuss. Uh, best first feature, Seven Days, which was played at um, Tribeca and was pretty good. Holler, Queen of Glory, Test Pattern, which I know a lot of people like, and Wild Indian, which played at Sundance, I did not care for, but I know some people loved. Female lead, Isabel Furman, the novice. She is legitimately great. Brittany S. Hall, Test Pattern. Patty Harrison, Together Together. Taylor Page, Zola, love it. And Taylor Reese, Catch the Fair One. It's a pretty solid lineup there. And they avoided so many of the Oscar people, because they could have gone with Olivia Coleman. 
um, among other names, but I'm, I'm, I was thrilled that they sort of moved away from that just to sort of, I mean, as we see, there were other people they nominated. Um, they did miss the lead in pleasure. I think that would have been great, but you know, it happens. Uh, male lead Clifton Collins, junior jockey. Our interview with him is coming soon. Frankie Faison, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. I think we have that review on site already. Uh, Michael, uh, Grayus, wild Indian Udo Kier, swan song. He's actually not the, um, Mahershali Swan Song, the one from South by, I think it was. My review's on the site. It's a solid movie. And Simon Motherfucking Rex, Red Rocket. Love that they there remembered is. him there. I mean, that's the thing. Even if you even if you don't like the movie, it's hard not to recognize him as doing like a great thing there. Um, supporting actress, Jesse Buckley, the lost daughter, Amy Forsyth, the novice, Ruth Nega passing, which is interesting that they didn't didn't go for passing in uh with Tessa Thompson. Ravika Ann Russell, pleasure. She is phenomenal in this movie. She deserves to be a star. And Susanna Sun, Red Rocket, exact same thing. Like, they should be in a death match for that award, even though I'm sure it'll probably go, like, Ruth Nega. Supporting male, Coleman Domingo. I'm glad they didn't forget him. Miko Gattuso, Kalina of Glory. Troy Kotzar, Coda, who pulled a sweep of the, like, this week's precursors. Will Patton, Sweet Thing, and Chasky Spencer, Wild Indian. Screenplay, Come On, Come On, The Lost Order, Swan Song, Together, Together, Zola. Best first screenplay, Cicada, Mass. Keep that in mind for a minute, because I'm sure you're like, why didn't they nominate any of the uh, cast? Pig, which means they snubbed Nicolas Cage. So, uh, shame, shame there. Test Pattern and Wild Indian. Cinematography, Akiara, Blue Bayou, The Humans, Passing, Zola. Editing, Akiara, The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, The Novice, The Nowhere in Zola. The Robert Altman Award, which is the basically best ensemble prize. They don't have nominees. They just give it to someone. They gave it to Mass. So they found a way to do that, which sometimes means they would have given it a bunch of nominations. So it's kind of a backhanded compliment. Um, in recent years, they've done that to um, Snecky New York got that one. Um trying to think of something but it's always a like major player where you kind of wish they got actual awards but alas documentary ascension flea in the same breath procession summer of soul international film compartment number six drive my car parallel mothers pebbles petite maman prayers for the stolen those are sort of the the main ones so i mean they they snubbed some people but i love that they kind of just went completely indie and didn't even try to go with the Oscars. Yeah, I agree. Because think? I think with a lot of the other precursors, I mean, the Globes and Critics' Choice especially, but even some of the more local sort of um, critics groups, it's already – we went from just like a month or a month and a half ago from being like, oh, you know, this is still anybody's race to being like, okay, we pretty much know with a little bit of wiggle room what's showing up in most categories. It's gotten very predictable very quick, and I don't like it. Totally. It's not over yet. All right. It's not yeah. over yet, but it's uh, uh, the patterns have emerged yeah, I agree. faster I than agree. I would normally like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some patterns I, like I was that, hoping that to see that didn't happen. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. like for example, I'm already pretty much convinced that mass is going to be ignored entirely. I think Ann Dad still gets in, but I don't know that she wins anymore. Uh, maybe. I don't know, because I feel like it's been ignored in a lot of the key places where it would need to sort of show up to stay on people's radar. And it was already a tough enough sell as it is. But yeah, SAG could definitely bring that one back. You're right. SAG is the make or make that break there. Um, before we wrap up, since we were talking about Spider-Man, Spider-Man's best brush with Oscar was Spider-Man 2, as we said. It actually got three nominations so let's uh let's look into that year and see do we does it keep its nominations or do we uh forsake it uh first up is best visual effects where it did win if you want to recall it your options are harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban or irobot um yeah i mean none of those movies have had special effects that have aged especially well but i think spider-man 2 still holds up the best out of the lot and that train fight sequence especially is like still absolutely exhilarating so i would say keep it i'd say keep it there you go i agree also it was staying anyway editing the aviator 
Thelma's got to win. If we recall, and keep in mind the Aviator won a lot of things, um, your options are Collateral, Finding Neverland, A Million Dollar Baby, and Ray. Um, there's a couple of very close sort of second or third choices here, but I would leave it with uh, the Aviator. Um, yeah, let's keep it. Uh, yeah, I'll keep that one. That's not one to have a, a big issue with. Costume design. The Aviator, Sandy Powell. If you recall, your options are Finding Neverland, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, Ray, and Troy. Oh, yeah, Troy. Um, yeah, keep it with the Aviator. Keep it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think we're going to keep so many things with the Aviator, but these, some of these below-line categories, it's hard to do much with. It's a good uh, makeup movie. Le- exactly. Uh, Lemony Snicket one, best makeup. If you recall, and I know you think you might want to, your options are The Passion of the Christ or The Sea Inside. Oh. Yeah, no, I keep it. Uh, out of the famous Jim Carrey makeup jobs, I think this one is far easier on the eyes. I'd say uh, let's uh, overturn it. Yeah, I'll return. Let's see what happens. Miles, you going to stick with Lemony? Yeah. Steve, where are you going? I'm going The Passion of the Christ. See, I'm going to see inside, so we it just remains. <laughs> By virtue of we split evenly. I'm assuming that the makeup um, of Passion of Christ looks good. Well, there's a little bit of, there's some uh, uh, facial makeup, but there's also the, the, I don't know if it's makeup for the the blood and the gore in those scenes, which is like very visceral. Knowing how crazy religious Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson are, they might have just really beat him. <laughs> so, sorry, then cancel my uh, my original vote. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Lemony Snicket still kept its Oscar. Uh, cinematography. Robert Richardson wins for The Aviator. If you recall, your options are the are House of Flying Daggers, The Passion of the Christ, The Phantom of the Opera. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Wow. I kind of did, though. And A Very Long Engagement. Wait, that was for cinematography? Yeah. What the fuck is The Phantom of the Opera doing in there? <laughs> um, nominated for cinematography. God, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, your laugh was correct. Uh, I would say keep it. The aviator looks beautiful. Let's uh, let's vote on it. I say. Um, I say keep it just because they're so. It's such a bad category, unfortunately. I really don't want the aviator to win all these things, but it's proving how shitty a year it was. I really like that, the aviator. For those I've come back to it recently, and I think it absolutely. I like it just up. fine. I just I, I I don't like when something kind of sweeps. A very long. I mean, watch what's going to happen now. Been my vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, House I guess of, House of, House Flying, of Daggers. Flying Daggers would have been my second choice. Yeah, but I mean, Aviator is my first choice of that group. For sure. uh, production design, Aviator wins. If you recall, your options are Finding Neverland, Lemony Snicket, Phantom of the Opera, or a very long engagement. Yeah, I mean, broken record, I think Aviator looks great, and same goes for the production design. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it, but again, a very long yeah. engagement. I- Underrated. Um, I don't. I don't. I guess maybe that would have been my second choice. I don't really have a second choice here. Um, sound mixing. Ray wins. If you recall, your options are the Aviator. If we want to give it more awards, The Incredibles, The Polar Express, and Spider-Man Two. Greg P. Russell. Um. We can keep it, but I don't have strong feelings about it. I'm willing to recall. Uh yeah, recall. All right, all right. Well, if we're recalling, then I'll give to Spider Man too. I'll go with the Incredibles. Uh, I'll go Spider Man too, but the Incredibles is a solid pick. So solid, in fact, it won sound editing. By the way, congratulations, Spider Man, on its second win. Um, if we recall the Incredibles from sound editing, your options are the Polar Express or Spider Man Two. Uh, I'd leave it with the Incredibles. Keep it. Yeah, same. Original song. The song from the Motorcycle Diaries won Al Otro Lado Del Rio. If you recall, you've got uh, Accidentally in Love from Shrek 2, Believe from the Polar Express, Learn to be Lonely from the Phantom of the Opera, and Look your pa- Look to Your Path from the Chorus. Um, Recall? Recall. Recall. I'm going to go accidentally in love because it's the only one out of yep. this group that I can remember. 
We just gave an Oscar to Smash Mouth, didn't we? Wait, what? Uh, or Counting Crows, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I would have gone with Believe. Uh, I went accidentally in love, sorry. Uh, but I mean... We, sorry. <laughs> um, Shrek 2 wins, another, wins an Oscar. Original score, Finding Neverland wins. If we recall, your options are Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Lemony Snicket, The Passion of the Christ, and The Village. Oh. Uh, what, what? I mean, if you want to know who did this, did the scores, Finding Neverland is Jan A. P. Kazmarek, Harry Potter is John Williams, Lemmy Snicket is Thomas Newman, John Debney is Passion of the Christ, and The Village is James Newton Howard. Um, Recall? Sure, Recall. Yeah, what's Recall? Um, Finding Neverland is a fine win here, but I think I'll go with uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, because it's the last one that John Williams did, and... Every Harry Potter score since he left was just trying to do his score, but couldn't quite live up to it. I like that. I'm going with that as well. I would have gone the village, but there we go. Uh, we'll skip the shorts. Please do. Um, documentary, quickly. Born in the brothels, Calcutta's Red Light Kids wins. You know, an upper, I'm sure. If you recall, we have the story of the weeping camel. Supersize Me, Tupac Resurrection, and Twist of Faith. Uh, recall. Sure, Recall. Recall. Uh, I'm going to go Supersize Me. I love that movie. Same. Well, I thought you were going to go with Tupac, and I'm also going with Supersize Me. Sweep. There we go. Right. That's cool. Uh, foreign film, The Sea Inside wins. If you recall, your options are As It Is in Heaven, The Chorus, Downfall, and Yesterday. I'm surprised Motorcycle Diaries isn't in here. Yeah. Um, I'll recall. Recall. I'll keep, but I'm happy to go with it. Um, I'll go with Downfall. I think most people only know that movie from the meme, but I think it actually really works well, and Bruno Gantz is outstanding in it. All right. Uh, we are in tune. Um, downfall as well. I would have uh, been happy to stay with the C inside, but that's cool too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would be fine with that as well. But yeah, yeah those were the two heads and tails above of the other stuff. Um, animated feature: The Incredibles wins. If you recall, your options are Shark Tale or Shrek Two. Ugh! Come on, guys. Let yeah, leave it with the Incredibles. The Incredibles it. is amazing. Yes. Keep yeah, it. All right. We're into the big categories. Adapted. Sideways wins. If you recall, you've got Before Sunset. Finding Neverland, Million Dollar Baby, and The Motorcycle Diaries. Um, I just blanked. I'm sorry. What one? Sideways. 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 That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Sideways. Yeah. Sideways. Leave it with Sideways. Keep it. For sure. Yeah. I would have recalled, but I'm fine with Sideways staying. I would have gone uh, Before Sunset. Good call. Original, original screenplay. Can we all just say keep at the same time? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I mean, that's that's Charlie Kaufman's Oscar. I'm not going to be part of yeah. taking away Charlie Kaufman's Oscar. I guess we can't exactly. do, say it at the same time, but keep it. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, our, our options our options had we done it was The Aviator, Hotel Rwanda, The Incredibles, and Vera Drake. I, I will say we were... that is a solid lineup. Solid lineup. Eternal Sunshine is heads and tails above it. Oh, yeah, lives. absolutely. No, no doubt. Yeah. Supporting actress, Kate Blanchett, The Aviator. If we recall, you've got Laura Linney, Kinsey. Virginia Madsen, Sideways, Sophie Okonedo, Hotel Rwanda, and Natalie Portman, Closer. Uh, not a bad lineup, but I do really like Kate uh, Blanchett and The Aviator, so I'd say keep it. I'm going to say Recall, so it's up to Steve. I'll say Recall. Oh. I'll leave it with Blanchett, but my second would probably be uh, Sophie Okonedo. Steve? I'm going to go Madsen. Oh, wow. Um, Let me go. Well, I guess Kate Blanchett still wins because I was going uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, that was my other. Those, and my second my choice two. was. But I love Simon. My second choice would have been Laura Linney. Madsen would have been my third choice, Blanchett four, Okanado five. But it is a good lineup. Yeah. 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 Um, another good lineup. Sporting actor Morgan Freeman wins for Million Dollar Baby. If you take that Oscar away, you've got Alan Alda in The Aviator, Thomas Hayden Church Sideways, Jamie Foxx Collateral, his better performance that year. And Clive Owen and Closer. Uh, yeah, Recall. Sure, Recall. I'd love to hear it. I say keep, but okay. 
I actually think Freeman is the five out of these, but I don't like Million Dollar Baby at all. Um, I would probably go with Alan Alda for The Aviator. It's a small role, but I do love the, we're the United States government. Who the hell are you? He's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the most memorable supporting performances from a very packed ensemble. Uh, yeah. Although Jamie Foxx collateral is a very close second for me. Hmm. I'm going Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden. I'm going to stick with Morgan Freeman, so he, he stays. Though I was tempted to go out and alter just for the... I love the, the that. He was probably my number two. I like Clive Owen a lot also. Yeah, same here. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah he's getting that. Yeah. Actress, Hilary Swank, Million Dollar Baby. If you recall... You go Annette Benning, but remember it's being Julia. Catalina Sandina Moreno, Maria Full Grace, and Melda Staunton, Vera Drake, Kate Winslet, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, recall. Recall. I uh, say keep, but okay, we're going for it. Uh, I give it to Kate Winslet for Eternal Sunshine. It might be my favorite performance of hers. Hmm. I'm going to keep it with uh, Hilary Swank. Oh, now I have a choice. Because <laughs> it is my favorite Kate Winslet performance. You know what? Let's do it. Let's go Kate Winslet. Oh, Hillary. I shouldn't have recalled. They're both so good. They're one and two. Um, see what happens? Unintended consequences. Yeah. Here, we'll fix We'll fix this one. Jamie Foxx wins for Best Actor for Ray. Um, if you recall, which I think we will, just to see what happens. Options are Don Cheadle, Hotel Rwanda, Johnny Depp, Finding Neverland. I, I don't think we're going to do that. Leonardo DiCaprio, The Aviator, and Clint Eastwood, Million Dollar Baby. Uh, recall. 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 Um, out of this lineup, I'd actually go Don Cheadle, Hotel Rwanda. You know, I was tempted to do that as well. I'm going to. Don Cheadle. Uh, I actually really love Clint Eastwood. Not as a person, but in this movie. But yeah, Cheadle. Cheadle's better than Jamie Foxx. Happy with that. Director. Maybe this is Clint a reason to that Oscar. empty chair. I know it was a stool, but you know, yeah. close enough. Yeah, punch drunk from this this loss. Um, I do remember it being very amusing to me that he went to like one of the governor's balls or something, holding his two Oscars in like a Corona. <laughs> I just like the like just like juggling things. I was like, oh, before I knew you were, you had thoughts in your head I did not want to hear. When it was kind of cute that you're an old man director, now it's vaguely sad. And anyway, he wins. Million Dollar Baby Director. If you recall, you've got Martin Scorsese, The Aviator, Taylor Hackford, Ray, Alexander Payne, Sideways, Mike Lee, Vera Drake. Recall. Recall. I'll keep it, but let's go. Uh, I give it to Scorsese for The Aviator. I think it's one of his better sort of post-2000s films. I'm going Alexander Payne for Sideways. I'm keeping with Eastwood. He stays. Thank you. Oh, uh, that was nice of Yeah. Oh, no. He thinks I'm a chair. Uh, Million Dollar Baby wins Best Picture. If we recall, you've got The Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. Uh, recall. Recall. Keep it, but let's go. Yeah, I just, I don't like Million Dollar Baby, like, at all. Um, I would give it to The Aviator. I think out of, you know, I know I got a million nominations and a lot of wins, but I think it's one of the best films of the year. I'm going with Sideways. And I'm sticking with Million Dollar Baby. So guess what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> I mean, normally it wouldn't be the case. You just happen to run into the uh, me liking the Best Picture winner, which rarely happens. Well, when we were, but, uh, Miles and I were so in tune, and then we polar opposites for the rest of it. So Yeah, that is true. You, you could uh, see that when there's three of us, it just... Two people have to get on the same page. Yeah. I, I, so. I like Sideways a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's just. Yeah, yeah, no. Side, I think Million Dollar Baby, Aviator, and Sideways were a solid three. The other yeah, two weren't, weren't doing anything for me in that lineup, but that's fine. Also, I think Here, let's Hotel wrap. Rwanda should have been in that picture lineup. Eternal Sunshine should have been in that lineup. Yes. Sure. Yeah, All right. Agreed. Let's wrap. Yeah. Ditch, finding Neverland, Ditchway, and you put those two in, and you have a really amazing. Yeah, totally. Top yeah, five. Totally. Totally. Or before Sunset. Um, Oh, Say yeah. where you can be followed and uh, recommend a Christmas movie that's not a traditional Christmas movie. Keeping in mind, we already mentioned um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Catch Me If You Can, and um, 
it's Iron Man 3. Why not? Um, all right, yeah, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. Um, does Krampus count? I mean, I know it is yeah, a Christmas it. movie, but it's more of a horror Christmas movie. I that's sure. that's become an annual staple for me. I absolutely adore that film. Sure, Krampus counts. Comes the Krampus. Um, okay, you can find me on Twitter and on Letterboxd at Filmsnork. Um, you can also listen to The Verse on all the places or at all the places. Where you can find podcasts and listen to wonderful conversations about what's going on this week. Oh, Hawkeye and coming up soon, uh, the new Spider-Man. My non-traditional Christmas music is, or music, movie, is Gremlins. Mm, Sounds like Gremlins. Yeah. Actually, Um, uh, a lot of spiritual sort of overlap with Gremlins and Krampus. Agreed. Oh, yeah. uh, you can find me at award at Joey Magidson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that stuff. Uh, you can find awards radar on all of those things. Um, I'm going to go very traditional and say love actually. I mean, if you're thinking about like a, uh, you know, a, a sort of down the middle, everyone can watch one hard to beat that one. Um, if you want to be a little edgier, but not much. And I'll give a second one just because uh, happiest season from last year. I think that one has a decent shot to be a recurring watch for people. If only to then still be annoyed that Kristen Stewart doesn't end up with Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Spoiler alert on a one-year-old movie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like we're safe. All right, well, everyone, next week we'll talk a little more specifically about Spider-Man. We'll be able to talk about Matrix, and uh, we'll be sort of at the end of movies for this year. Um the other things that are still to come are going to be out, like um, you know the football movie American Underdog. Um, if you're a sports fan, my interview with Kurt Warner is going to be up next week, which uh, was very strange. Like you know, weird to talk to a football star, but it was it was a good chat and various other conversations. Uh, tomorrow, my chat with Aaron Sorkin will be up. Um, by the time you're listening to this, my conversation with Andrew Garfield, which was not about the movie he may or may not be in. It was about Tick, Tick, Boom, the movie he is definitely in. So, you know, enjoy all that. And uh, also, like, get your booster so you don't get COVID like everybody in the sports world currently. Other than that, we will uh, be back soon. Next week, in fact. So stay safe and uh, take care. We will uh, see you all at the movies. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. <laughs>